Welcome to the Joyful Journey podcast. If you're looking for more clarity in your life, clarity of purpose or how to activate that purpose, and you are someone who wants to operate from your highest self to be a force for good you know this world craves, then this is the show for you. I'm Anita Adams, your host and guide to finding clarity and creating a life you love. Let's tap into our inner wisdom, access our highest self, and unleash joy. As we do this, we raise our vibration and heighten the collective consciousness. And that, my friend, is the joyful journey. Let's dive in. Hey, Joyful Journey, Ardita Adams here, your host. And today I have the great pleasure to introduce you to Anna Ditchburn. Anna is a certified hypnotherapist and NLP practitioner. She's also a feminine energy and relation expert and the host of another podcast that I encourage you to check out, Happy on the Inside. One of Anna's gifts is her ability to empower others with her stories of courage, healing, and forgiveness. We're going to take a deeper dive into the theme of forgiveness today, as forgiveness plays such an important role in our joyful journey to our best lives. First, let me tell you a little more about Anna's history and why she's the perfect guest to share insights on the journey to healing and forgiveness. When Anna was 10 years old, a new father figure came into her life after her biological father abandoned her at four years old. At first, her new stepfather seemed a knight in shining armor, a man who provided for this broken family. Soon, however, his true colors were revealed. Her stepfather was a military man who became verbally abusive, ruled with an iron fist, and ultimately committed the worst of crimes systematic sexual abuse of Anna from the age of 15 until 21. This abuse resulted in two pregnancies that then became forced illegal abortions. Even after Anna was able to flee the grip of tyranny, an enduring legacy of 16 consecutive miscarriages followed. A direct, a direct result of the botched abortion. This is Anna's old story. Today, Anna is the epitome of a success story. Reclaiming her power, forgiving the complicit parties, but never absolving them of their responsibilities. Anna works tirelessly to empower a generation of people to confront sexual abuse head on and to educate others how to heal, thrive, and prevent this type of abuse from happening ever again. Anna is fearless in her approach and continues to inspire those that hear her message of hope. Anna, welcome to the show. And thank you so much for being here and being someone who stands in courage, who fearlessly shares her story, and who is committed to helping others move from shame and pain to an empowered life they loved. Welcome. Anita, it's my absolute pleasure to be on your podcast. And thank you so much for providing such an amazing platform for me to share my story. 
Well, you have a powerful story to share. And I've heard, you know, a number of your episodes and you are, you are lifting people up. This is a, it's a heavy topic. It's painful. It's painful for me to even read and absorb what you have gone through. And yet here you are courageously stepping out in the world, sharing your story because you're wanting to help others move through the trauma and and to stop this these abuses that happen to so many so many people so again thank you for your courage well you know anita when i was listening your introduction about my story my my new my new story is being courageous and being fearless and i can tell you i wasn't like this before <laughs> not even close to but i feel like when i went through my healing journey and we will deep dive into this later on i feel responsible now for those young young girls and boys and women who are who are being sexually abused i feel responsible for their lives because i know how how it feels to be on the receiving end and when you don't have a power when you don't have a voice, when you're so afraid and so ashamed and you don't have anyone to talk to. And so that's why when I found my why, when I found my purpose in this life, and I know you talk about this a lot, <laughs> when I became clear on what I want to do, and usually our purpose in life comes from our biggest struggles, in our childhood. That's what gives me this courage mm. to tell my story. I love that. I think that's, that's so powerful to be able to sit back and to reflect on your own, your own personal story and experiences in life. And your like you say, your biggest struggles, and that's where you can find your why. Why are you here? What What is your story to share? And the more we share those hard stories, the easier it is for other people to come forward and share their stories, isn't it? You won't believe how many people I had telling me or sharing their stories for the very first time, Anita, after they've heard my story. Mm. When you show your vulnerability, you give people a permission to open up. Because no one is perfect, not even one person. <laughs> yes. Every 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 single person has their story in life, and so when we share our story vulnerably, but not just you know from the place of victim or you know uh, from the place of complaining, but from the place of victory, from the place of strength, it it, it helps people to open up. Elaborate on that a little bit, because it, I, I don't I want more clarity on that. Talking about your story, not from a place of victim, but a place from victory. How how do you do that when you've been so abused? That's an amazing question, by the way. <laughs> not an easy one. Not an easy one to answer either, I suspect. Mm -hmm. You know, Anita, at the beginning, you mentioned that my story is really hard and hard to hear. 
Mm-hmm. And I know so many people can't take this burden. They can't mm-hmm. take such a heavy information. And it's completely understandable because even my my own mother just looked away because she didn't know how to react, how, what to do with that. But when I say share your story from the place of victory, what I'm saying, and I'm not saying white until you're completely uh, overcome this trauma and then tell your story. Not as soon as it happens, I want you to speak up. But when you go and share your story publicly, like I do, you need to make sure that there is something you can teach people about. You can inspire them to speak up. You can empower them with knowledge, with your courage. Mm-hmm. Because when we are in a victim mentality, we tend to blame, 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 blame other people. In my situation, I forgave my my biological father who left us when I was four. I forgave my mom for not being able to protect me. I forgave my perpetrator, my stepfather, for doing this to me. And Anita, most importantly, I forgave myself. I was the person... I was the only one who was blaming myself for everything what was happening in my life. And if I would share this story from the place of victim, it would really hard for people to take it on and and do some actions from it for themselves, for, for their own life. But when you share your story from the place of victory, you give this hope to people. Ah, if she could go, if she could overcome such a heavy abuse that I can do this too. When it's just happened to you, just happened to you, I would encourage you to to tell it to to the person you trust. A hundred percent. Like be vocal about this, prevent this kind of abuse from happening in the future. I was I was quiet for nearly 20 years because I was shut down at the beginning and I was uh, I was taking my power away. My power was taken away from me. Now I understand that if I would go back, I would definitely be vocal about this. So it's a, uh, two, two different things. As soon as it happens or as soon as you feel like you're on a threat, ask for help. And, and keep asking until you get this help. But if it happened for a long time ago, I would really encourage you to do some healing journey first and then open up. I think that's a really important um, distinction uh, to one, understand sort of the time lapse that can, you know, something that's happened a long time ago uh, to do your inner work first. So you get to a place that you can talk about it. Uh, I imagine it's really important to, when you go public, if you will, if you want to, like, as you have, I imagine there was a a process for you sharing it with people you trust first and create having that safety and building that confidence Mm -hmm. in yourself and having that strong ground, groundwork in place first, and then being able to go 
bigger, wider, um, more public in front of people that you don't know and don't have a necessarily a, that that tr that trust foundation. Like doing a doing a podcast, for instance. You know, like <laughs> I imagine you've done a lot of work before you got to a position where you can really speak on a, on a on a open platform like that. And it's still work in progress. To be, yeah. to be honest. And the more I share my story with people, the more healing process is happening, mm -hmm. in, you know. Um, but yeah, I would love to share a quick story with you, how I started uh, my podcast. Oh, please. I would love to hear that. Well, my, my, first, my first podcast called World's Best Trauma Recovery Podcast. And it's not an ego thing. It's just, it was my commitment to myself to make it the world's best trauma recovery podcast, to provide people a safe, safe environment where they can share their story. Um, after three years of intensive healing and therapy, I was finally, uh, feeling courageous to tell my mom what was happening and my mom back is, is back in russia so i'm originally from russia it, it happened in russia and she was the hardest person for me to tell because mm -hmm. i felt so close with her since since i was since i was born and i was so afraid to tell her mm -hmm. because my stepfather in shame so much uh, inserted so much shame in me that if I ever tell her, she will hate me for breaking her woman's happiness. And I I saw how much she loved him. So I was able to tell her. And Anita, she reacted the way I was always hoping she would react. Mm. She became so supportive. And she asked me, and why didn't you tell me before? And I said, mom, I really, I really was afraid that you're going to hate me for, for doing this. She said, Anna, you are my daughter. I love you so much. And even if the whole world will be against you, I will always stay by your side. 20 years went in front of my eyes. And I thought, wow, why did I, did I wait for such a long time to tell you? The, the weight of the whole world just came off my shoulders. And she became a mama bear. She pressed criminal charges against my stepfather straight away. She wanted to kill him, Anita. I bet. And I was suspended by Russian police to go back to Russia. I was living in Australia at those times to testify against my perpetrator. And I did. I did. And I reclaimed my, my voice back. Wow. But when I was in Russia, I realized we don't really have a huge uh, childhood sexual uh, abuse survivors support in my hometown. And I wanted to do something. And I, I uh, contacted the biggest publishers and I asked them, would you be interested to share my story? Only one journalist came back to me. Others, was, others said, whoa, this is too heavy. No, 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 we can't publish this. And he came and I said, look, this is, this is going to be really hard to hear. But I want to do this because I remember myself being alone. And going to police wasn't an option. Because when you're a young girl, imagine, and you sh you're just being sexually abused. The level of 
the level of shame and the level of fear is so higher that you you just you can't it, it it's crippling you it's holding you it, it's it, it's it's like it's a protection mechanism of your body you can't you, you just freeze and my article went published went went published in a few months and i left my email address saying girls if you have no one to talk to send me an email hmm. Anita, my inbox exploded with hundreds and hundreds of emails. And so many women were saying just, thank you so much for opening up. This happened to me and 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 50 years ago, and I still struggle with that. And I just realized how many women and men are out there suffering in silence. Mm I would say suffering in silence because Anita, what's happening? The longer we keep those negative emotions and feelings in uh, in our body, it's like a cancer to our soul. The more it eats us from the inside, the more it poisons us from inside. We might not even realize it, but if you look back on, uh, at your life, you will understand some of the patterns and your behavior. Why would you react? What What are those triggers for you? And when the when the article went published, and I just realized, wow, I am actually one in a thousands of people in my hometown who is fearless enough to tell the story, and I just decided to help to help those women and kids who don't have a voice, mm-hmm. and I wanted to become the voice for them. So that's how my podcast got was born. That's beautiful. It's such a powerful story. Um, How old were you when you wrote that article and that was published? Or how long ago was that? It was in September 2021. Okay, just a few years ago. Wow. Wow. And and this is uh, almost 20 years after. Did I catch that right? Almost 20 years after the the abuse had... The first abuse. The first first abuse. The first abuse. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can imagine the response. Like when you were telling me this story and when all the emails started to flood in inward, that must have that must have felt incredible in the sense of a, a validation for one, especially when you had so many uh, other journalists saying no, no, no. And that thank God one said yes. And then you had this response of so many women or people, maybe um, um, young boys as well, reaching out and letting you know of their their story. I can imagine how that would move you into action. And again, I just want to thank you for being a woman of action who wants to make a difference in the world. Because like you said, there's so many, you know, these tragedies happen to so many people and you're one in thousands who wants to step forward and make a difference to in the world to others and and the more you speak up the more it empowers others to to find their voice so that's um again just thank you anna you you talked about forgiving and but not absolving people of their um, it is responsibility. And I think that's a really important piece. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I think 
a lot of people say, I cannot forgive. I am not forgiving. You're saying forgive, but don't absolve. absolve. So just talk a little bit about that and what the importance of forgiving, but but maybe not forgetting, forgetting, forgiving, but not forgetting, forgiving, but not letting people get a, uh, be absolved. You know, when, when someone, um, I've heard someone was telling me, you know, just forgive, forget and move on. Mm-hmm. doesn't work like this. No, it doesn't work like this. It's three different components. Forgive, forget and move on. Forgiveness for me comes from the inside. It's something that you keep inside. I forgave all those parties involved for myself, for my inner happiness. Because Anita, forgiveness, not, not being able to forgive, it's like drinking poison and expecting other people to die. Not being able to forgive, it's like you chain yourself to this person who did it to you. And you sit in one camera and you're constantly facing. And plus, when you're not able to forgive, you you are constantly wasting and sending your energy to this person by thinking about him, by holding this anger towards him. There is a reason for people. When I became a hypnotherapist, I realized that there is a reason for people. They think if they don't forgive, they 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 won't be able to keep people accountable. It's a completely different thing. I had to forgive first to be able to face this trauma, to be able to face my, my perpetrator, to be able to, to forgive myself. When you forgive, it's like you free yourself. Mm-hmm. You break this chain and you let yourself go out of this camera, this small cell, and you let this person go. Because, but keeping accountable is, that's when I went to and testified against my stepfather. But because I was, I forgiven him, he didn't hold any power over me because there was nothing. And you know what helped me to forgive? Anita, really, really helped. I I've realized where this was coming from when he was, and I'm not, you know, trying to protect him, but it's understandable for me when he was a young boy, his father was an alcoholic and he used to beat him, uh, abused, you know, physically and verbally and mentally. I don't know if there was a, any sexual abuse, to be honest, but this behavior, he just, he was just a young boy. And, and what do we do? You like very often uh, people who abused, they tend to behave the same way with others when they grown up, his power was taken away from him. And so he was trying to get his power back by abusing me and my younger brother. And when I realized that he's just a hurted young boy who is, you know, in a child who's trying to survive inside. Uh, it was, it really helped me to realize, ah, I see now. I see mm-hmm. now because Anita, I, I possessed some of the behavior, some of the abusive behavior from my stepfather, even though I hated it because he was an army guy, very, very disciplinary and very, and physically and verbally abusive. 
And when I when I fled the the home, I thought finally I'm free. Uh uh-uh. uh, mm-hmm. I took all this behavior with me and this voice with me. And when I when I um started to live with my husband, I could see the patterns of me telling my husband's like you know like snapping at him or hurting him, uh the things that my stepfather would usually do, like. Let me give you a quick example. My father really loved when everything uh, very like spotless in the house. The kitchen is clean, like your 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 clothes is clean, everything is perfect. My husband is not so perfect. When he <laughs> cooks, when he cooks dinner, it's like a bomb explosion <laughs> on the kitchen, like really. And I remember I was literally biting my tongue. Do not say how f big and dirty you are like how could you you know be so bloody dirty like you know mm. not accurate i i i really had to bite my tongue and then i realized i just repeating the those abuse that my stepfather was doing to me and so this really helped me to revive the like back to, to back to my story uh, I see why my stepfather was doing this because he just purely didn't know mm-hmm. any difference, and it helped me to help me to like realize and forgive it. I think that's a really powerful tip uh, that anybody can use. First, recognizing that hurt people hurt people, and if yeah. you can see the person that's hurting you as the hurt child, not knowing better, not um, behaving only in a way that they know. Again, it's not, you're not accepting it, but you're also trying to be forgiving of the behavior because you understand that they come from a place of being hurt themselves. I think that's, I use, I've used that in my own life as well. I had a, an emotionally abusive father um, and that I was finally not too long ago able to let go and realize that, you know, hurt people hurt people. And I, I forgive the other important thing that I think is worth presencing is when we don't forgive, we are keeping ourselves stuck in the past and we are living the stories of the past. When we forgive that's when we're able to let go of those past stories and move on. That's the only, we can't forgive, forget, and move on. You can forgive and you can move on, but it's not about forgetting. I don't think we should ever forget because it also helps us to remember how to behave. You know, if we forget our father's bad behavior and we just carry on and yell at our husbands our partners for whatever you know Mm -hmm. that's forgetting we need to learn the lessons of the misdeeds of other people and we can then be a better person ourselves for that anita there is a a very important point i just i want your listeners to really understand and listen hard forget is not the word that you use because you won't be able to forget it. But when you forgive, when you do the work on yourself, it doesn't hold the power over you. So when you rem- you will remember this, you will remember every single moment. But 
you won't have these flashbacks. You won't have these triggers. You won't have these fears or shame attack or panic attacks. That's the thing. That's the power of forgiving, forgiving and healing yourself and, and speaking up and reclaiming your power and your voice because it doesn't hold a power over you anymore. It's like for me, yes, it's happened. I remember every single moment. I remember how it started. I remember every movement, but it doesn't trigger any emotions in me anymore. That's the, that's the difference. I still remember. You can't forget it. I still remember. But I'm sharing it like, you know, yes, it's happened. And I've learned some lessons. And I would love to share them with you in hope that this will help you and maybe save your life. Hmm. That's great. I love that. You touched on forgiving yourself, self-forgiveness. I think that's a really important piece can we talk a little bit about that? And what was your journey to self-forgiveness? You know, Anita, self-forgiveness is one of the, no, is the most important mm. forgiveness in all of that, in all of those forgiveness. Because when, um, when my biological father left us, I was four and a half. And imagine we, we're still developing, we're still growing and our subconscious is like, you know, pure, pure thing. It, it's, uh, um, it sucks all the information that you see. And so I thought that maybe I did something wrong. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was my fault that my biological father left. And so what's happened, Anita, I, I was so afraid to be abundant again, that I became a, such a people pleaser. I will do everything for you. Just don't leave me. I, I underestimated the fear of abandonment, to be honest. And that's how I was living all my life. I will do everything for you. Just don't leave me, please, because it feels so uncomfortable. And so when my, when my sexual abuse happened, I was already conditioned to be, you know, to obey the rules, to just do whatever my stepfather say, because I was so afraid we're going to lose him again. You know, we're going to lose my the father, father figure again. Plus he threatened me with, uh, with the life of my mom and my brother, if I ever revealed his, his secret and knowing what he was capable of, I really believed him. And plus I knew how my mom was dependent on him and codependent because in Russia being a single mother of two was very shameful at those time. And so she gave him all the power. She put him on pedestal, just do whatever you want, but don't leave. And so I, uh, you know, I learned this behavior, just do whatever, but don't leave. My point is, uh, and when I started to realize why I didn't fight back when it's happened, why, why I couldn't stop this uh, from continuing? Did I do something wrong to provoke it? And so those questions, when I, when I started growing up, were like, you know, going in the, in the back of my head and I started blaming myself. Maybe this is my fault. And uh, this is my fault that I didn't fight back. 
I didn't do anything about this. Maybe I should tell my mom. But even though I've tried to tell my mom a few times and I begged her to not leave me alone with him, she she sort of was telling me, hey, you just, you know, you are such a bad daughter. Come on, stop complaining. Uh, we are so thankful that we have a roof over our head, uh, the, the food in our belly, and, you know, you can go to school. Like, be grateful. Come on. Why are you so compla- complaining about this, about him? And she had, she had no idea what he was doing at that time. Yeah. And, and so for 20 years, I was living with this guilt, with this mm-hmm. feeling of guilt inside me. Anita, and you know what? I was so afraid that anyone would ever find out what was happening. One of my friends, my school friend, knew what was happening. I told her when it first time happened, but she knew my father and she knew how abusive he was. And so she got scared, scared as well. And we keep our secret forever. But she was helping me, you know, to, to stay with me at home before my mom comes from work. So anyway, and this feeling of guilt was growing and growing and growing and growing. And whatever would happen in my life, for some reason, I would blame myself. Yeah. I would blame myself. And forgiving myself, because I was a 15 years old child who was conditioned to, to, to obey any rules and not say anything. And I didn't know what to do. And I... I froze because it was my body protection mechanism that I've learned later on. And another thing what I've learned, Anita, that I think would be really beneficial for your listeners to hear. I read this book, The Courage to Heal. Mm -hmm. And they were saying, even if your, your daughter naked, jump on your lap and start passionately kissing you, the responsible man, the responsible man would always push away the girl and say, hey, I think you have a problem here. Go and put your, your clothes on and let's talk. The perpetrator is always responsible for this kind of abuse. Always. Mm. And it's like, really? That's true. I, if you would see me, uh, how I looked at 15 years old, you, like this young girl, I, how could I possibly <laughs> provoke this mm-hmm. from, from, you know, to provoke this, uh, happening. And that was a huge eye opening experience for me, Anita. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my fault. No. And when, when did you realize that it wasn't your fault? When did you stop blaming yourself for what had happened to you? Such a great question. Such a good question. I, when I first time opened up about my, my abuse, I, I went to psychologists, um, shamans, uh, psyche specialists, NLP specialists, like you name it. I went through all of them. And what really helped me is a hypnotherapy mm. because Anita, when I, during the hypnotherapy, um, my amazing hypnotherapist, took me back into the past. Mm-hmm. And I was looking through my own eyes, my grown-up Anna. And what I saw at, at, at this point, 
Because again, you would remember every single, not every single, but you would remember what was happening. When I saw this point with my own eyes, I was like, oh my goodness, that's not the situation how I was creating in my 15 years old girl. Because at the fifth, when you're 15, the, the whole situation goes so much bigger, so much scarier, so much like, whoa. When you see it with your adult's eyes, it's like, no, no. And your That's biggest fears, your biggest fears just start disappearing because you realize that this is not the, the picture and the story you're creating in your younger head. That's so interesting. So it's like almost coming out of yourself, looking back as a, a another person and seeing that, that. 15 year old girl as another, another child and saying, okay, that is so wrong, but not seeing her as wrong, seeing the perpetrator is wrong. When so when you, you see, when you see the situation from the above, when you see you this, move yourself, when you remove yourself and Anita, very, very important point, probably someone would say, oh, you know, I don't want to go back because it would really traumatize me as a mm -hmm. hypnotherapist. I help, I guide people through this. Through, through this journey, because I believe that keeping this shame, this secret inside you, that's what re-traumatizing you mm. every single day, rather than go once and remove it. And I imagine, I'm guessing that it's because of the success you had in hypnotherapy that that directed you to become a hypnotherapist yourself. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. I just saw, I saw the magic, what the hypnotherapy yeah. did with me. And I see the magic, what my clients are experiencing right now. Yeah. Um, okay. So hypnotherapy would be a, a great way for somebody to go if they were looking to, to forgive themselves. Are there any other things that we as individuals can do on our own to help in that self-forgiveness journey? Yes. Many things. I would say start with the journaling, start with the journaling. And I know so many people are talking about this, but you know, when I, when I started to put all my thoughts, all my memories on the paper, it was a, such a healing experience for me. Mm. And I know you writing the book and, and I'm, I'm writing the book as well. And just, you know, remembering those things is just like, wow. Ah, oh, yeah, maybe, Ooh, that feels good. It's a bit of a release, isn't it? When you can put it on paper, it's uh, so you're like you're letting it out, letting it out. The uh, the best advice I've ever received is I was like, where do I start writing? And this this woman told me, write the most shameful, the most scariest moment in your life. Write mm -hmm. in the details what was happening at this point. It, if it's a sexual abuse or if it's a chain of uh, of the events, write about the most scariest, the most deepest, darkest moment in your life and see what happens. I advised one of my clients to do that very thing. And the, she gave me some pushback. She's like, I, I don't want anybody to ever see what I've written. And my recommendation was then after you write it, burn it. 
let it go. Yeah. If you, but just the, the actual physical writing process, and I recommend handwriting it out in a journal oh, know, yes. or in a loose leaf or whatever. But if you're worried about somebody coming across it and you just don't want anybody to see it, shred it, burn it, you know, chew it up, swallow it, whatever. Just if that's something that's holding you back from, from putting it on paper to get it out of your body then there's ways to work around that. Don't let that be a barrier is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and and write like no one will ever see in this because yeah. you know you're going to burn it. Write, write like there is no one to read this, never. Yeah. And awesome. I think the second thing what really helped me, Anita, because I thought I'm going to deal it with like myself. I'm strong, I'm powerful, you know, I can do this. No. Not. I had a really hard time uh, with asking for help. Really hard time. And I was always like, you know, trying to keep uh, things to myself, uh, controlling everything. Yeah, like, you know, I can do everything myself. But asking for help uh, for, with people who went through this situation, who know how you feel and who knows what to do next is one of the best thing you can give to yourself, mm. to be honest, when you're ready in your own time, simply, simply, you can jump on YouTube and find the stories uh, on TED Talks or whatever, where people share their stories. That was that what inspired me to literally start my healing journey. Mm. I was... Um, Amazing story. Uh, I didn't. I didn't want to tell anyone at the at the very beginning. It was so scary and shameful, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, and I was searching, and I found this Dr. Bridget Cooper on TED Talks, and she was uh, sexually molested by her father when she was still a toddler, on like in front of her mom. Then mom was telling her everything when she grown up. Uh, she was molested uh, sexually and then she was abused physically. Mm. And uh, and she was telling her experience. And I was like, wow. And I was watching this woman and I was thinking, I wonder if I would have such a confidence one day to tell my story. And you know, Anita, I was following her for three years on wow. social media. And when I started my own podcast, I was sharing around that, yeah, it's like world's best trauma recovery podcast. And uh, one of our friends said, you know what? I have a perfect first guest for your podcast. <laughs> I'm guessing yes, who it was. was it. <laughs> I awesome. could not believe. I'm still getting emotional. I could not believe Dr. Bridget wow. Cooper. That's amazing. And it was like... What chances of that? Well, you know what? I, to me, to, I talk about that sort of thing as a spiritual breadcrumb. It's the universe telling you you're on the right path. Totally. The universe guiding you. That was meant to happen. It was meant for this, for you to find her and then for her to come around and be a guest on your show. I think that's super cool. I agree with you. Yeah. Well done. Well done. I know that you've, uh, you've got an ebook. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how our listeners would be able to find that ebook? Yes. So the ebook, uh, my seven secrets of, uh, what I've learned of living from inside out 
and living happily from inside out. Because I, I know that everything starts from inside. We create our life from inside out. What are we thinking about? What we feel and, and our actions are coming from the inside out. And so I teach people how to be happy from the inside out because, you know, so many people are looking like they have it all together and they do. They have families that they have work. Uh, they have uh, friends, uh, great cars, you know, traveling and all these things. But inside, they feel empty, unfulfilled. Something important is missing. And it was, it used to be me, Anita. Mm -hmm. And so now I would love to share my seven secrets on how to, to become a happy on the inside and create your life from the inside out. So you can find this, uh, this book on my website. It's anaditchburn.com. It's A-N-N-A-D-I-T-C-H-B-U-R-N.com. Awesome. Where you can find uh, the links to my social media as well. I always share some amazing tips and yes. my stories on my social media. That's so. awesome. And and we'll we'll make sure to put all of that information in the show notes so our listeners can easily find you. You are you are an inspiration. Uh your show uh gives so much great information. I've I love your interview style as well, uh with your um the world's greatest uh trauma recovery coach uh world. show. Like, I said that wrong, didn't I? Give me that. World's best trauma recovery podcast. World's best trauma recovery podcast. That's the the um, the first iteration of your podcast, and you have a new podcast coming out, uh, and we'll and I'll include the links for both of them in the show notes so people can listen to some of your uh, previous content and follow along with the new content that you're you're putting out there, as well as all of your social media handles and whatnot. So so wonderful, Anna. Again, thank you so much for giving us your time and sharing your insights. Forgiveness is a big journey. It's not something you can say today. I, you know, I'm going to forgive myself. Yes. Start that journey and understand it's going to take a long time. I, I know that I've had to do a lot of forgiveness work as well. Uh, you were really providing some wonderful information to our listeners. And I'm, I'm excited to continue to follow your journey in the work that you're doing. So thank you again for being here. Thank you so much, Anita. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll do it again. <laughs> and Joyful Journeyer, thank you so much for being on this, this journey with us to our best life. Um, please do follow Anna. You're, you're going to find some really great information there. And that's it for now. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for joining me on the Joyful Journey podcast. If anything resonated for you from today's show, or if you are looking for more clarity in your life, clarity of purpose, or how to activate that purpose, then head over to joyfuljourney.ca and become a member of our community. We'll start by sending you a free download of our three guiding principles to inner wisdom, which will give you a great foundation for finding the clarity you are seeking. And you'll become part of a growing community of people who are raising the collective consciousness. 
So head over to joyfuljourney.ca and I look forward to connecting with you directly.